Hi, and welcome to Screens in Focus podcast, where we share and connect as we spotlight our favorite shows and movies. I'm Brittany. I'm Diana. And this is episode seven. Today, we'll be reviewing season two, episodes seven and eight of The Walking Dead with the lens of suffering. Before we dive in, how are you doing today, Brittany? I'm doing well. My puppy finished beginner training, so I'm really proud of him. Oh, of course. Yeah. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Just recently saw family and friends, so I'm just uh, recharged. Yay. So, yay. so let's do a recap. Okay, so season two, episode seven, pretty much dead already. Glenn tells everyone that there are walkers in the barn, and of course, shit hits the fan. (laughs) Maggie is mad at him for doing this, but when he explains himself, they make up. When Rick asks Herschel about the walkers in the barn, Herschel gets really defensive and tells Rick that they have to leave by the end of the week. This leads Rick to pleading with Herschel to let them stay. Shane finds out that Lori is pregnant, and she tells him that even if the baby is his, it will never be his. And Shane's finally had enough. He takes the guns from Dale, hands them out to Daryl and Glenn. He breaks open the barn. They shoot the walkers, except the last one to come out, Sophia. Rick shoots her, and everyone is devastated. Season 2, Episode 8, Nebraska. Everyone is reeling from the aftermath of the terrible discovery, and emotions are high. Beth rushes to her mother, but her walker mother isn't fully dead yet and tries to attack her. Andrea takes her down. Accusations start to fly about who knew what. Herschel angrily tells Rick and the group to leave. Rick condemns Shane for his actions, and Shane criticizes Rick's handling of Herschel and the search for Sophia. Rick starts to question his leadership ability. The group decides to bury their loved ones and burn the others. Carol doesn't want to attend the burial, says her daughter died long ago, which angers Daryl. Shane and Dale's tensions worsen. Dale tells Lori to be careful and that he thinks Shane killed Otis and will kill others. Maggie asks Glenn if he will stay if the others leave, but he doesn't know. Herschel begins to drink and leaves for the bar. He feels he cheated his daughters and gave them false hope. Beth falls into a catatonic shock. Rick goes in search of Herschel, explaining to Lori he needs him for the baby. He finds Herschel at the bar and convinces him that they need to be strong for the group. Two strangers arrive and walk into the bar and tell them Nebraska is the latest refugee camp. They pressure Rick for more information. Things escalate and Rick shoots both men in the head. I'll discuss this further on why I love Rick segment. Mm -hmm. Okay, Brittany, where did you see the theme of suffering? I saw it with Herschel. With Herschel, he used to believe that the walkers could be cured, and maybe he still does. However, he had hope for a world after the zombie apocalypse, which is a cool parallel to the current season eight where Carl wants the same for his dad and the remaining of the group. He thought all this would pass and society could just pick itself back up. After seeing his loved one shot multiple times by Daryl, Glenn, Shane, and Andrea, He's absolutely heartbroken. I think that this shows that suffering can lead you to incredible denial. And that's part of the grieving phase, right? Herschel even acknowledges that he robbed Beth and Maggie of mourning their loved ones in the barn because he probably kept instilling the idea that they could come back, that they weren't really dead. They were just sick. Herschel was in denial that his wife and stepson had died because that's what he wanted to believe. But life isn't fair and we don't get what we want every time. So this causes his hope to decline immensely. He thought that Carl recovering was a miracle. It was a sign from God that if Carl could recover, so could humanity. 
And I think people who are highly religious typically try to see the silver lining of everything. They put a positive twist on it, just like Herschel. There's nothing wrong with that. There are endless Bible verses about suffering and how God will guide you through it, or you'll be a better, stronger person for it. And I picked out two of them just because I thought they related. One is from Psalms 34:19. It says, The righteous person may have many troubles, but the Lord delivers him from them all. And the second one is from Romans 5, 3. Not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance, character, and character hope. As Diana said in the recap, Herschel begins drinking again. Mm -hmm. He tells Rick, I was a fool and you people saw that. My daughters deserve better than that. I think that we can all relate to this because no one ever, no one ever wants to be made a fool out of or feel like an idiot. Mm -hmm. It's embarrassing and almost unbearable. Say what you will about anyone's pride, but I think that for Herschel, as a man and as the head of the farm, to be so set in his ways about the walkers and then to realize he's wrong in front of everyone must have felt just soul crushing. He also realizes that he led his daughters to believe this and made them feel the same pain that he's feeling right now. That must really hurt as a parent when all you want to do is to protect your kids and make sure they're healthy and happy. I think that this is a good reminder to us to like keep our minds open, especially when those who love us have told us that we have changed. Like when Maggie tells Herschel that she he has changed mm -hmm. um, in in what he's taught them. I felt really bad for Herschel in this. I just felt so sad watching his devastation. Totally. And it. I think part of that is, for me at least, is I thought of my own dad. Like when I think of my dad, I think of someone who's strong, who's always protected me, looked out for me. And right. it's, it's sad to see someone who you kind of put up on a pedestal. And that's how we, I think that we kind of think of Herschel too. Like he's the, he's the papa, he's yeah. the daddy. So yeah. it's, it's hard to see him break down and mm -hmm. have that sadness. Yeah. So with Beth, I saw her suffering and it was actually really apparent. Here she is a young woman, a teenager, innocent, quiet, grew up on a farm. Her father tells her that the walkers are sick and can be cured, so she believes it, or wants to believe it. So it is shocking to her when they see their loved ones come out of the barn, shot several times over and over, and they still keep coming at them until they are shot in the head. And this is just so traumatic. Then when Beth rushes to her mother, her mother walker tries to eat her, which further freaks Beth out. It is no wonder that she goes into this catatonic shock. Her brain can't handle what is happening. I have tried to think how it would be if I were in this world. I think that is what draws people to the show. They wonder how they would handle themselves in this situation. I agree. And I think that you and I talk about that a lot, too. Mm -hmm. We always get so annoyed with certain characters because we think, no, we would do it this way. Yeah. But you're right. We don't. We don't know we don't until know. it happens. Yeah. So we can't be so hard on people because we really have no idea. When I was watching this, I did think at one point I would be so tired of always trying to be on, always, you know, being careful. Mm -hmm. I mean, that must be so exhausting. So when they kind of want to give up, sometimes even though I think, how could you want to give up? Mm -hmm. In a way, I can kind of see it because totally. that'd be so hard. Yeah, I agree. Okay, so where else did you see suffering in the episodes, Brittany? 
I saw it with Carol and Daryl. With Carol, she's obviously suffering because she finally knows the fate of her daughter, Sophia. Mm -hmm. She's taken way too soon. And Carol feels really let down. And I think this is so cliche to say, but with each of these losses, it is apparent that it just keeps taking more of a toll on each of the characters, I think. And I know that you're like, oh, duh, of course. But I didn't realize until rewatching that the reason that maybe Daryl and Carol and everyone else had more spunk or something in the beginning was because they'd lost less people. So mm-hmm. that made me really sad. And with Daryl, it's not that he has more of a reason to mourn Sophia, but I feel that his assuredness is suffering. Like he, I don't want to call it his ego because it's deeper than that. He was so sure that they would find Sophia and that she'd be alive. It's not like Daryl is so upset that he was wrong. But I do think he was banking on her being alive for some reason. Maybe he felt like he was finally doing something redeeming in the name of his brother, Merle. Maybe he was directing his hope onto Sophia. He knew that Sophia was innocent and Merle wasn't deserving of mercy, but he felt that Sophia was. She didn't deserve the fate that was granted to her, and this just takes a toll on him. When Lori goes to ask him to bring Rick and Glenn back from the city, he gets really frustrated. And I don't think it's because of what he actually says to Lori. Like, he tells her to do it herself and makes her feel like she hasn't done anything to look for or help for others. But I think he's deflecting his suffering onto her. He feels like he's useless now and doesn't want to look for people anymore. And I think it's because he feels like he failed Sophia. He doesn't want to fail again or have people counting on him or grateful to him like Carol was because I think that he doesn't deserve that feeling of anyone being grateful towards him since he didn't accomplish his goal. I think that this is another obvious thing to me, but I think that suffering causes us to hold on to all the reasons to give up hope and it really tempts us to stop caring at all. I'm thinking as you're talking about that, Daryl is a tracker. So I think the fact that he couldn't find her, you know, was also a blow Mm -hmm. because he's like, this is what I do. This is what I'm contributing. And it didn't work for him. Plus, I really do think he had hope. And here's a little girl. Exactly. So it was hard. Yeah. It's another hard. It was hard for all of them. But yes, Daryl kept saying, you know, we're. He kept saying, we're going to find her. And he kept getting mad at people. He was like, what's wrong with you guys? We just started looking. Like, he just keeps getting upset. He thinks that they're all being ridiculous for giving up. So I think he feels really sad about that. Well, I think that's why we love Daryl, right? And Rick, because they don't give up hope. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what you... Because if everybody was hopeless, that would be depressing. Right. Okay, so Shane is truly suffering in these episodes. He increasingly is agitated throughout both episodes, not being able to protect Lori and Carl and the group the way he wants to or how he thinks is best. Once they know the walkers are in the barn, he wants to get rid of them. But Rick keeps telling him, no, we have to negotiate with Herschel. This is his land, his farm. We have to respect that. But Shane says they aren't safe. And then he finds out Lori is pregnant. And when he talks to her about the baby being his, and he knows that's why she kept it, Yeah, right. She tells him that the baby will never be his, even if it is, and that there is nothing he can do about it, which throws him into a tizzy and feeling helpless and increases his suffering. He asks Lori, how many times has Rick saved you? Because Shane says he has saved her at least four times and that Rick isn't meant for this world and he will get them all killed. (laughs) 
I mean, he goes for the guns and confronts Dale, and Dale doesn't want to give him the guns and threatens to shoot Shane, but Shane calls his bluff. Dale says Shane is meant for this world and says that he himself may not make it that far, but that in the shit world, it won't take him down, meaning that Dale will keep his humanity, but he feels Shane has turned to the dark side. So Shane proceeds to hand out all the guns, and then he sees Rick and Herschel leading the walkers to the barn for collection and flips his lid and releases all the walkers from the barn. All who have guns begin to shoot the walkers until they're all down. And I feel that Shane's suffering leads him into the survival mode to protect himself, Lori, and Carl by any means. At one point, Dale stares at Shane and doesn't say much, but Shane is so irritated knowing that he's being judged. He calls Dale the moral authority and Shane tells Daryl he gets things done. He saved Carl. He's almost like backed into a corner like a little kid trying to show his worth. He tells Dale next time he needs a radiator hose, he'll call him, <laughs> which is so funny because it's like, what do you do? What do you do? It's like, okay, you fix cars. I get <laughs> things done. <laughs> You know, through each episode, we see Shane become more aggressive, unpredictable. And it's interesting, though, because a couple of times he was actually gentle. I wasn't sure what to expect when Maggie slaps him, but he didn't react. And then he sees Carol all muddied and he washes her and says he was sorry about Sophia. And this makes me sad for Shane because he can be a good guy, but he is so obsessed with Lori and jealous of Rick. And this ultimately leads him to the dark side. So I know that Shane is pretty wild and irrational. He just does things without consulting anyone and just does them. But I did agree with him. I think I would have been really upset, too, if I saw Rick just holding walkers, walking over the bar, nonchalantly. Hey, guys, look, I got another walker. <laughs> you like that. <laughs> no, I know. I'm just exaggerating. <laughs> but it's just, I think that would have set me off, too. I think, if anything, I don't think I would have went into the barn and shot everyone, but I think I would have been shocked and really irritated, too. I do agree slightly with Shane because... I didn't feel they were safe either with a barn of walkers. I mean, we've seen walkers, and you've talked about this a lot, how these walkers were smarter. They ran. They opened doors. Mm -hmm. They did things. So it's not like just because they were locked up. I mean, that's a barn, right? They could eventually push through the wood. They could climb. They could jump out the window. So I didn't – I know that he's crazy, and he's totally turned to the dark side. I 100% agree with you, but I do think that he was right, and – who knows how long it would have been before anything happened with that barn Mm -hmm. or if they could have eventually convinced Herschel without opening the barn and showing them what they were really like. So I just don't know that there could have been any better way to do it. And I think that Shane, obviously he's the right person to do it because he's the one who's unraveling. He's going crazy. So it couldn't have been anyone else because they'd be way too upset at him and be out of character. But for him, it makes sense. Yeah. It's like, okay, it had to be him Mm -hmm. to do it. And you're right. He gets things done. And I did laugh when he said, next time I need a radiator hose, I'll I'll give you a call. (laughs) (laughs) That was pretty funny because me and Jimmy sometimes Uh, say like, what does Dale do? Like, I know he, you know, he's good. He is a good moral compass. But at the same time, it's like, I don't know. Sometimes but he, he can't fix the cars. You are going to need someone to fix the cars when you get stuck on the road. So, right. you know, and that's what he contributes. And he does, you know, 
stand guard. Yeah. And, and he I does know. keep track of the guns and the yeah. time. And I get I it. mean, he has his way of contributing for being a. I understand. A bit of an older guy, I think it's just so. funny because he always tries to, and I think this is what would bug me if I was there too, and I, which I kind of get about Andrea is he always tries to like insert himself into other people's business, and I get why he's very similar to Rick and wanting to protect people and making sure everyone's okay. But I just mm-hmm. sometimes I find myself being irritated with him. Yeah, like I do too. But then he really does know what's going on. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. he says you know, so many things that are true and accurate. So he does get it. Yes, I agree. So, and I, yeah, I see how I wanted to say other people agreed with Shane Mm -hmm. about getting rid of the walkers. And that totally makes sense. I think Rick was just waiting for the right time. Yeah. Trying to. He's diplomatic. Yeah. He understands how to get things done in a tactful way. Shane's like, screw tact. I'm doing it. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah. Okay, Brittany, what else did you notice in these episodes? Well, I noticed that these episodes are so much better than the current seasons. That's just my personal opinion. I really thought it was just my love for the original cast, and maybe it's that too. However, there's not a ton of dramatic, corny music playing in the background. There's no elongated staring between characters without dialogue, and it just has an overall genuine, non-cheesy feel to it. The story and the characters and the gross makeup of the walkers is all you need for the show to work. There aren't any unbelievable villains yet. There's just everyday people trying to survive. These are believable stories, backstories, and they're totally relatable without trying to dig too deep. The plot is strong enough that you feel the tension already when you see Dale with Shane. Rick's do-or-die last-ditch attempts to convince Herschel to let them stay at the farm. All that. It just all works by itself. And I completely stand by my opinion that the show right now does not compare at all to seasons 1, 2, 3, and 4. And I think part of this is having music in the right moment and less often, makes it more effective when it's presented. When they finally see Sophia walk out of the barn, I didn't even notice the music was playing because it didn't feel out of place. It felt right, and it helped you feel what Carol and the rest of the group was feeling. They were completely in despair and absolutely heartbroken. And then another thing I noticed... Wait, do you want to say anything about that? Well, I wanted to say I totally agree. I think that's what I wanted to bring up was... Mm -hmm. I just love these early episodes. It just draws you in. You just Mm -hmm. are there. Yeah. It's not hard to pay attention to. Sometimes I find myself with current episodes, like, I'm, like, about to start to cook. I'm like, oh, no way, I got to watch. But I just, I find myself sometimes drifting off. But with these, I'm hooked. Like, my Mm -hmm. attention is completely captivated. Mm -hmm. And I just, even though I've watched it before... I feel like, oh my God, I might miss something. Yes, <laughs> I totally agree. And that's how I felt too in, in this part where Sophia came out and it showed just all their faces and just that shot mm-hmm. out of them panning out and just showing everything. Yeah. I don't know. It was really impactful. It was. So I agree. Another thing I noticed was with the writers, like what they're trying to show us. And I think what they were trying to show us was a parallel between the trustworthy, good-hearted people versus the scheming and selfish people who are now showing their true colors in this world. And with the two guys at the end of the episode Nebraska, I felt as if Rick had just used similar language to plead with Jenner at the CDC to let them out, give them a chance, as well as Herschel back at the farm to let them and his group stay. I was just thinking, what makes Rick's group 
and this other group so different? How does Rick inherently know that these two guys are bad news? Like, who is he to play judge? Though, I remembered, he ha- he's a cop. He has good instincts. And both Rick and the unknown man say, you don't know the things we went through, the things we had to do, when pleading to let them stick around and become part of the group. Even though they use similar discourse and you could hear the desperation in both their voices, something was just a little off about these two random guys. So the audience could feel it as well as Rick, Glenn, and Herschel. Even though we didn't know the extent of their background, we still try to stand by Rick's decision to kill both of them in that bar. I was a little annoyed that Rick just couldn't think of some lie to tell, like, oh, we're traveling, it's just us three, we're figuring out where to go next. But I don't know, because I felt like their silence really gave them away to these two really curious guys. So I just thought that that was a clever way. Like the writers are saying, yeah, everyone's trying to survive and we all will beg to get another chance to survive. But I think that this scene showed us that those who are truly good hearted come off as genuine. And those who are not, you can see right through. So I thought that was cool. Is there anything that you noticed, Diana? Well, with Glenn, he attempts to talk to Maggie several times, and she is so angry with him. She says, I asked you to keep this one thing to yourself, but now my dad wants you to leave. But Glenn tells Maggie he had to tell them. No, he wanted to tell the group, which stuns Maggie. He tells her it's because he remembers how dangerous these walkers really are. He let them lower him into the well like nothing because he forgot they were killers. But he was reminded when the walker attacked her that she could die at any moment. And he would rather her be alive and hating him than her to be dead. Then she proceeds to kiss him again. (laughs) Yay, Glenn. In the next episode, Maggie asks Glenn if he will stay when the group leaves, and he doesn't answer. And later on, he talks with Rick about it and tells him that she said she loved him, and he didn't answer because he didn't believe it. He said only his mom and sister told him that, which is a side note because I wondered about his family, and now we know he did have a mom and sisters. Rick says that they need good right now and to embrace the moments. Basically, to grab onto any connection, commitment, love that comes your way and hold on to it because you don't know when you will have it, if you'll lose it, and realize how valuable it is. We all need good in our lives and don't let it get away. So I was really glad that Rick talked to him about that. Okay, Brittany, we are at why we love Rick. Mm -hmm. So tell me, why do you love Rick? So I love Rick because he knows when he feels he messes up. He admits that he feels stupid for having everyone search for Sophia when she was in that barn the entire time. But he also knows that no matter how many mistakes he makes or how much he feels like giving up, he has to keep pushing forward and trying to make a life for everyone who is counting on him. And I loved his speech to Herschel at the bar. He says, you know what the truth is? Nothing has changed. Death is death. It's always been there whether it's from a heart attack, cancer, or a walker. What's the difference? You didn't think it was hopeless before, did you? Now there are people back at home trying to hang on. They need us, even if it's just to give them a reason to go on, even if we don't believe it ourselves. You know what? This this isn't about what we believe anymore. It's about them. And I love that because we had talked about in the first episode how it's hard to separate your identity and what you believe in this world because now it doesn't matter. So I just think that was great that Rick put the things into perspective for Herschel. What do you love about Rick? 
What I love is that he questions his leadership ability on one hand and then proves it in the bar on the other hand. He goes to Herschel and convinces him to stop drinking and to go back with him for the sake of the group, as you just said. And then when the strangers come in to press him on telling them where the farm is, he doesn't. He protects the farm because everyone he loves and the whole group is at that farm. And because it's Herschel's and he won't let anyone intrude on that. This is what I love about Rick. He protects people and he goes into Rambo mode. (laughs) Of course, I don't like people just killing people, but I love it on this show. And I love it when Rick does it for the right reasons, Mm -hmm. because that's not him. So when he does it, it's like, okay, he's doing it because he is protecting people. Okay, Brittany, what are you currently watching? So I finally had a few weekends without any plans, so I have watched a lot. Mm -hmm. Uh, For movies, I watched Beasts of No Nation. It's about a young boy who becomes a child soldier and the awful things he goes through. Idris Elba won the Screen Actors Guild Award for Best Supporting Actor in that. I I watched that. Okay. Yeah, I like it. Yeah. It was good. I also watched I Don't Feel at Home in This World Anymore. It's a comedy thriller about a woman, Ruth, who goes after the people who robbed her home, stole her laptop, and her grandma's silver. Mm. She's basically fed up with people and how everyone treats each other. For example, she's at a grocery store parking lot, and she's walking, and someone's trying to back up. So she walks, and then the person starts to back up but stops, and she thinks that they're letting her walk, but then he starts to back up again. She's like, oh, my God, just go. <laughs> and then she see like, this dog keeps pooping on her lawn. <laughs> and then the police can't help her, so she's super fed up. But Melanie Linsky, she's from Sweet Home, Alabama, and Elijah Wood star in this, and they're a really mm-hmm. funny, quirky okay. duo. So I would recommend that if you're looking for something that is relatable and just super funny. And then I also watched What Happened, Miss Simone. It's a biographical documentary about Nina Simone. The Little Prince, which is an animated film about a girl who's under a lot of pressure to get into a prestigious academy. And an example of how much people don't understand kids is the mom says, you're going to be a great adult, honey. There's just no room for anything fun. And then lastly, I watched this movie, and please no one watch this because I actually really did not like it. So it's called Tulip Fever. This young girl was bought as a wife for an older man, and they're trying to have kids, but they're unsuccessful. She falls in love with the painter who paints their portrait, and it's set in Amsterdam in the 1700s when the tulip trade was all the craze. I don't know, like, if that's real or whatever, but Uh Alicia Vikander, Mm -hmm. she is in it, Mm -hmm. so that's what drew me to watch it. Mm -hmm. But I didn't like how it ended, and actually I didn't really like most of the premise, but just to tell you I watched it. And then for TV shows, I watched Retribution, which is a four-episode miniseries about two families dealing with the murder of their son and daughter who just came back from their honeymoon. I really liked it. The first three episodes are pretty good, but the last episode made me feel... It's still good. It's a great show. Last episode did make me feel like I watched, like, Law & Order SVU. One of those endings where you're like, what? So it's good. I would recommend it because I, you know, you know me, I love murder mysteries. And what a shocker, the last show I watched was Broadchurch. (laughs) Me and Jimmy are on season two now. We're hooked. Basically, a young boy is murdered in a small British town and they're trying to get to the bottom of it. Okay. So, Mm. yeah. I like those two. So, Jimmy told me yesterday, he goes, Do you just like shows with British people in them? (laughs) 
I've, I've noticed I've been watching British shows too lately. I think there's just more of them, right? Yeah. On yes, Netflix. So. I think so. And then I also watched The Walking Dead. I wanted to ask you what your thoughts were about that. I am irritated that Negan won't die. He is definitely a cat. <laughs> But I do like that Rick put a little fear into him when he was driving that car after him. You Mm -hmm. saw Negan's face and he looked a little worried. So I was like, yes, (laughs) something's finally at least, you know, getting to him. And I also found it interesting that Simon had that smirk on his face when he saw that a car was racing toward Negan's. It's like, "Mm, I'm going to get rid of him. This is the way. Um, And then he lied to Dwight about wanting to work with the other groups. And he tells... Then he tells the saviors that they need to go get them and, you know, teach them a lesson or whatever it is. So he totally switched, you know, when he was talking with Dwight on one hand and then talking with the group the other hand. So um, Simon's kind of being made out to be the bad, bad guy. But we'll see. And I'm really, 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 really bored with Negan. When I was watching the show, both me and Jimmy were just like, he's not going to die. There's no way Negan's going to die this episode. He's not, I'm not falling for it. He's yeah. not going to die. And we were just thinking, oh, sure, he gets into a car crash, falls from the second floor, doesn't have any broken bones, nothing, not a scratch on him. Yeah, he's fine. Totally believable. Okay, you're right. He's a cat. But I just really think that it's ridiculous if the writers think they can just create a new villain in Simon. Like, they're not giving us, the audience, enough credit. Like, mm-hmm. how could they do that to us and not serve justice for all the people we've lost because of Negan. Mm-hmm. It just really, really grinds my ears that that's, he's still here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but anything else? Well, I was really happy that Maggie listened to Michonne and that Michonne felt like she was honoring Carl's wish and hope for them. Mm-hmm. So I really liked that scene. And who is this new group headed <sighs> by Georgie? And do you trust her? I mean, I kind of do, but then I'm like, oh, I don't know. You know, I just don't know. Are they part of that new Commonwealth group that is way later in the comics? Do they do that time jump? I I don't know. And I don't know how I feel about her either. And, you know, I am happy that Michonne convinced Maggie to do what they think Carl would want to do. But at the same time, I don't blame any of them for not being trustworthy of others because Mm -hmm. look at all the crazy awful people that they've come into contact with and that they have trusted or that they have given the benefit of the doubt and they've been screwed over. Like, I'm just thinking of the cannibal group that let them in. I forget I what the name is. Like, yeah. that kind of thing. They Terminus think, yes, group. Yes, Terminus. Yeah. And it just makes me sad that they do have to be so careful and think about that. They can't trust anyone, but I don't know. I guess only time will tell. I really hope they're good. I really, really, I do really too. hope That's they're good. That's what I was hoping for, too, because I do like that actress in that role. So, mm-hmm. so we'll see. We'll see. Anyway, what are you watching? What else? I I did not get to watch. Well, <laughs> I do watch something every single day, but I, I feel like I didn't get to watch a lot. I watched Will and Grace. Oh, The X-Files was really good. I think it was the the season finale for this uh, season. I just really like that. You should try and watch it if you can. Okay. Um, it was just a really good episode. I just think it's smart writing. And, of course, the acting is very good. So I love Sculler. Sculler? <laughs> I love putting names together. Mulder and Scully. 
Um, and, uh, of course, The Voice, Survivor, Real Housewife of Beverly Hills, Project Runway. Gosh, all these reality uh, shows. American Idol, I am not liking the judges. Sorry, anyone who's watching it currently, but. I just don't um, like that they brought it back. Well, and, and it, true, but also the judges aren't anything like the others. I mean. No. It's just not working for me. Katy Perry and um, Lionel Richie and Luke Bryant. Luke Bryant. Yeah, yeah. it's not working for me. They're not working. I like them individually. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, but but not as judges. Uh, I I just think it's really corny that they're like, it's the end of American Idol. It's the end of an era. And then what is it, a year or two later and they bring it back and like, wow, way to really show that you're just in it for the money to keep milking that series. I don't know. They should have left it on a good note, mm -hmm. I think. It's not working right now. Mm -hmm. I mean, and the voice is so good because they just work really well with each other, the coaches. So that one is really good. So if you're going to watch a singing show, watch that one. I did watch Collateral, which I know you watched, right? Mm-hmm. I just finished it last night. So I liked that. And the only other movie I saw was The Snowman last night with Michael Fassbender, and it was not good. It was confusing. I kept asking so many questions. Actually, the very beginning was good. The first, like, five minutes, I was like, oh, this is going to be a great film. And then all of a sudden... I just kept having all these questions and I'm like, why is this happening? And why did that happen? And Val Kilmer was in there and I thought, wow, he looks really different. I'm like, why does his voice sound off? And then I read that they dubbed over his voice and that the editing was not good in this whole film. And I thought that's why he didn't sound like him. So I just would not recommend it. That is so funny because Michael Fassbender and Alicia Vikander are married and we both did not recommend movies that we just watched. But I like love them. Both no, as, yeah, of as, course. And Michael Fassbender wasn't bad. He was great right. in what he had to do. I just feel like the story and the way that they were editing it or directing it, it just did not work. Right. I just think that's ironic that we both watched movies yeah. with them and they yeah. were not their best. Yeah. So. Cool. Okay, so now we are at, and the award goes to segment, and Brittany, who does your award go to? Mine goes to Lori. Before Rick leaves to find Herschel at the bar in town, she says, Rick, you want to have a conversation about this before you go? And she demands an explanation or answer from him. And as an audience member, I was thinking, oh, geez, Rick, here we go again. You owe a debt to someone. Same old sad story. But then... He explains how this relates to the bigger picture and why he can't just worry about Carl and says, we need Herschel for the baby. I'm going after him. At that moment, I thought, okay, that makes sense. I'm glad we know now, both the audience and Lori. However, he acts so annoyed that Lori and Shane are not supporting his every decision right away. And I sympathize with feeling like no one gets you, but how do you expect everyone to just read your mind? Yes, your point was valid, and we do need a doctor. However, he could have taken one minute to just explain that to Lori before leaving. So at least she has more information for anyone who asks or shows doubt. She's done a good job of defending him, especially to Shane, but she needs more than just faith in her husband sometimes. She needs concrete details and reasoning behind his actions to more effectively back him up when people are showing this doubt. Uh, what about you? Okay, but I do want to say, then she goes driving off in a car to go find Rick. I know. And then she's reading a stupid map. Like, I know. 
but they don't one have one walker comes and she hits it. And I know. Cargo's fine. Okay, but sorry. they don't have their phones. Like you need a map, right? Yeah. So like she could have looked at the map before she started driving. I know, but I'm uh, awful with directions, so I sympathize I know with her. They for made that. her do that, yeah. and I know really it wasn't her. But I'm yeah, like, okay, Lori. I know. Okay, so I have two quotes, and the first one's a really short quote: is when Daryl is mad at Lori for saying. He is selfish, and he retorts, listen, olive oil. Oh, my God. (laughs) Daryl is so funny. I love these little lines that they give him. It's so awesome. The other quote is when the strangers go in the bar and want to go to the farm, and Rick says it's too crowded, and they need to find another place. And the stranger says, where do you suggest? And Rick says, I don't know. I hear Nebraska is nice. And then the stranger laughs and tries to shoot him. And that is when Rick shoots him and the other guy. But I just love Rick's Rambo-ness. It's my favorite part of him. <laughs> okay, my second favorite part of him. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in. We are grateful you tuned in and we hope something we said today resonated with you and gave you a chuckle, some happiness, some positivity or inspiration. Please subscribe to our podcast and tell a friend. We would love more members of our TV club. Rate and review the podcast on iTunes or Stitcher. We need your feedback. We'll be uploading new episodes every Tuesday, and next show will be on Season 2, Episode 9 and 10. You can find our blog at the link listed in our description. See you next time. Bye!